Yep. I I never know how to start these kinds of things. So uh, let's let's just begin. <laughs> we're we're live. Um, Should we do a quick introduction? Yeah, we can do that, definitely. Can you uh, can you introduce yourself to uh Okay, tough question. Uh I'm Valdemar or Val is easy in English. Um, yeah. I used to work for you, so that's how we know each other. Um, and always consider you a really, really good boss, actually. So even after <laughs> long after we stopped working together, it's something that I thought of. Um, since I okay, I'll try to do it somewhat brief. Uh, since I was 16, I would say, been more more or less into self development. Mm -hmm. uh, started on the journey of uh, what some might know as the pickup industry, which is specifically, uh, I would say, self development in regards to improving your dating life or as men like learning to pick up women which is a more uh, negative way to describe it um since then i would say develop more into self-development in general and then as of lately more into sort of a spiritual search um which i would describe it as now to be honest not as much self-development uh, i guess it's both in the end um but that's sort of where I am now. I've, I've traveled a bit, worked different jobs, and, and now I'm in sort of an uh, e-commerce startup that I'm really happy with uh, living in Spain. So I can still travel and uh, feel a bit free-spirited, I guess. Um, and that's pretty much it. 27 years old now. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a fascinating journey, at least from the outside, when I have like followed you around the world you've been traveling a lot and you have been working with a lot of different things and uh, when you quit uh, the job at our company it was to go with that dating coach as i remember it was and work for i remember him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i remember how horrible i felt that i quit on such short, short notice and how nice you were about it as well which was a huge blessing because one thing that i was scared of would be that i would uh, I imagine I would probably lose my connection with you guys because I feel like a huge stick for straight, <laughs> straight up uh, for yeah. quitting on such short notice. But um, but definitely, I would consider one of the best decisions of my life because it really uh, th that decision really changed my life. And mm. even though I didn't end up loving the job I got after, um, uh, yeah, definitely changed the direction I was moving in. So yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. I, I I remember actually thinking that was one of the reasons why I was so nice about it. Why about it was that I thought this is not just like you're not just quitting for some some other job. Like you're mm -hmm. going to travel and you're going to learn a lot of stuff, and this is something that you're really interested in. Uh, and so this is something that is life changing. And I was like, I yeah. cannot it would be against my own like principles mm. to talk you out of it or to say anything else. And I think that you should definitely do that because you're <laughs> young and you should go and like have an experience and uh, do shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember one of the partners really teased me because you, before that you went to kind of this silent retreat in Sweden. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, he's going to realize something like he's going to have a spiritual awakening and he's going to, he's going to be gone. He's going to go and travel the world after that. Really? And okay. that was exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Just... 
<laughs> very psychic of him to uh, to see it happening yeah. before. But yeah, what was it was, exactly uh, that? Uh, okay, like, so that you went that, to do. So I had been into that like sort of area of self development for yeah. I guess I can't remember how old I was, probably five years at that point. Yeah, and. And when I had thought about what do I actually want to do with, like every time I was in school and doing other stuff, all I thought about was this like self-development, mm. uh, which back then was just like, how can I, if you want to say it very uh, superficially, how can I get laid? But more yeah. specifically, like how can I sort of attract my dream girl and become that person that she would like? And so that was like the self-development aspect for me. Like how can I improve myself to be able to attract the things I want in life? Yeah. Um, and um, and so when I started working with you guys, I was in school and I realized this school is not even my like backup option. It's like my third or fourth option of what I ideally want to be doing. Mm. And my number one option was I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to help other men make a similar transformation. I'm not sure if I would like, call myself a transformation, but uh, help other people sort of connect to the possibilities of improving their lives. Mm. Uh, and at that time, specifically with women. Um, so when I started working with you guys, I think one, I was overwhelmed because it was my first full-time job and I was like surprised by how much time a full-time job was. Um, and I realized as well that in the back of my mind, there was still that voice saying, yeah, but it's still not what you really want to be doing. And so at the beginning of that year, I sort of wrote down on a paper, like, what would my ideal life be like in five, 10 years? And at the time, it was, I would have like my own program or TV show or something where I can facilitate this um, development of, of men that can make this change to their lives. Mm. And then I thought, okay, well, how can I be like, how can I be in that place in five to 10 years from now? And the main way was that if I got a job or an internship with one of these coaches that I knew were really good in this aspect. Um, so the same coach that had inspired me to do the Vipassana meditation, uh, I reached out to and sent him a video. And then he sent me a video back or a message back and said, like, oh, let's jump on a call. And and fast forward like one week and then he told me okay you got the position but you have to be here in seven days yeah and i was like fuck is this even possible like legally can i even am i even allowed to quit my job when such short notice probably not <laughs> i remember i remember i asked my friend's mom like do you think legally i can do this and she's like yeah i don't think they're gonna sue you for for leaving early but <laughs> yeah might be a bit of a douche <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but but why why that area like <clears throat> i have also been very i still am very into like self-development and stuff but why that uh, like niche of it why why the yeah. getting laid industry what what, what was like okay you're <laughs> 16 and everyone wants to get laid <laughs> yeah, but, yeah yeah but but um, why do you think that was so like attractive to you I think it, I, I think there's two aspects to it, and one of them I think I've thought about this a lot. Like when you think about uh, the traumas that people have, most traumas, like if you take away like let's say accidents, like car accidents and stuff like that, uh, emotional traumas happen in some sort of relationship. So when a child grows up, usually they have a lot of traumas with their parents that happens whether 
good parents or bad parents. And so I thought one of the reasons is probably there is something to heal through the relationship with other people. And in this particular part of self industry, like self-help industry, that's really what you're doing. Like you're, you're facing like sort of these small experiences of traumas. Like let's say you go up to a girl and you talk with her and there's so much fear attached to talking with her that there's so much work to do there as well. Mm. Um, specifically for me, I don't know why, but since I was very, very young, it was such a big desire for me to have like a relationship that I really, really valued. Like since I was probably five years old or something, like oh. absurdly early on, yeah. I remember having this thought in my head, like trying to logically as a five-year-old, trying to logically understand how people sort of come together. Like, do you just go up to someone on the street and ask them to be a girlfriend? Like I didn't understand the logistics of it, you know, like how do yeah. you meet people? Yeah. Um, and I just realized how absurd it was for a five-year-old to have that thought later on. So I think for me, that was always so, so important. Mm. And in the same way, then there was so much fear attached to it, like absurd amounts of fear. And uh, I always had this urge or desire, as many people do, to be free. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the biggest um, search of freedom would come from that field because there was the biggest attachment to that, to women, mm. um, has always been my biggest craving, my biggest addiction in many ways. Uh, so I think for me, my fight for fear would naturally start there in a sense. Yeah, I think that's that makes a lot of sense. And I was very surprised when I understood that other like I remember talking to a friend about it and he couldn't relate to how important this was. No. And I was so surprised because for me, it was so obviously important, yeah. especially when I would see my friends, they would go out at night and they would like talk about girls. And I'm like, you're talking about girls, but like this is the this is the road to victory. Like, why are you yeah. not interested in it? I was so frustrated. <laughs> That's that's funny. That's um, yeah, yeah. Because that is one of the things that um, that I think you kind of start. I have watched some of that as well, mainly because I watched Brandon Carter for uh -huh. because of his workout videos, and he yeah, was kind of doing these collaborations with all of these pickup artists. Yeah, um, and some I always thought like, like, but like I know like it's fun to get laid, right? But like it's it was like they made it into the sole goal of your life was to pick yeah. up girls right yeah, yeah and uh but it definitely worked for you i uh, like you picked up some girls that's for sure right <laughs> where we went oh <laughs> uh, i i guess i did uh it was weird because uh, yeah i don't know i i guess now like talking about that aspect as well like you mentioned when they make it into like their life their life goal like that's when it becomes like very unhealthy as well yeah and what i had to realize for myself that there were uh, like yeah a lot of a lot of stuff in that industry that were super unhealthy for me at least personally mm. uh as much as it benefited me and probably it benefited me up to a point and then uh i would say i reached that point now where it's benefiting me not to be in it anymore yeah um yeah, because there was some, and I still some the guy that did the collaboration with, uh, what was it, Brandon? Brandon Carter, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Carter, that, that guy in particular is very interesting person and very, 
like weird in some ways as well where i'm like oh this is very creepy yeah you know like the the content the, the videos and stuff yeah so yeah but, but that wasn't the guy that you worked for right that was, it no, was another guy I get, it was another guy and one of the things that i liked about him was that you know he was the one introducing me to the uh, the silent retreat which was the personal meditation yeah and his approach i remember when i met him was more um the he's i guess he sort of used women as like the like to get sales like he he used them as like a advertisement for the guys to to get in and then when they got in he tried to give them what they what he considered what they really needed which yeah. was a much more um deep uh change in 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 many ways um and so his his teachings i guess were not really that focused on women um, but more focused on becoming a more uh, full being and living with a purpose so that yeah. you don't really need the women as much. Uh, because I guess a lot of the guys that that have this attachment to the women are because they don't have an attachment to something bigger or better yet, like a, a deeper purpose and, and meaning behind life. Um, so he would sort of try to give them that and give them an experience of feeling much better. And then they could mm. see as a result also their connection with women got better and yeah. that they didn't have to make it into such a big deal. Um, so he was so kind of using some... the women as bait to get these guys in <laughs> exactly, and then exactly. actually teaching that's, them something real. About... Wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there were other stuff in, uh, I guess, especially with how he treated the workers that I didn't agree with, Yeah. Uh, which uh, eventually was why I left the place. Um but there was a lot of beauty that happened there and it, it opened my eyes to more spiritual teachings and mm. um, I guess self-development as a, like, uh, instead of just that aspect of self-development. Mm. So, but, yeah. but, but what did you, what happened? Like you, so you got that position and you left uh, Denmark to where did you go? Uh -huh. What country? I went to Helsinki in Finland. Yeah. To and, do uh, what? So when I first got there, I was like being taught up by, by, by one of the guys already working there, who's funny enough now the guy that I'm working with uh, oh. in the e-commerce startup. Your partner? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the CEO. So I guess he's my, my boss really. Oh. Um, but um, when I got there first, we were sort of like in standby mode. We were preparing stuff and we were going to do a seminar, like a free seminar in Finland and Helsinki and the mm -hmm. same in uh, London and Vienna in Austria. Um, so we were sort of preparing the seminars. And then after the seminars, we went back to Helsinki to do a, it was 14 days back then, I think, 14 days like immersive program with the students. So they would fly in from the US, uh, different places in Europe and so on uh, to participate in the course there for 14 days. And it was just a super intense, like 12, 14 hours per day course, um, wow. all days really. And uh, it was the, the most intense I've ever worked for sure. Um, and the guy that I was working with now, he had like a yeah, uh, his body was like, it was so intense on us that he had to go home because we didn't eat enough and we slept so little that our bodies were starting to break down. Wow. Um, 
and but it, but in that experience in those 14 days there was many things that were really beautiful like we got to see how people sort of uh fell apart and then grew back together and and especially what touched me was um i think one for one thing i think there's something very very interesting that happens when you're just guys together without any women because there is this sort of weird um like masculines trying to fight each other for the approval of the women in yeah. the group if they're there and there's sort of like a letting go of that uh facade when the women are not there in a weird way yeah so those guys coming together created this like super supportive and beautiful environment of people just genuinely caring for each other without any prejudice or anything like that mm. um and you could just feel this uplifting energy in that room where you just feel like you cared so deeply for everyone there and you feel like they cared for you and i think honestly that part of it was like worth probably as much as the rest of the experience because that deep sense of belonging community and love and care is something that personally I haven't experienced anywhere else. And from what I see from my friends and, and other people, I see that most people in society don't ever experience that kind of connectedness. Um, so for me, that experience was what really stayed with me throughout the whole thing and what sort of made me stay in, in uh, self-development and wanting to work in it in the future because I thought if I can create this for people, this is such a magical experience that when you're there, you feel like no amount of money would ever be too much to pay for such an experience because it's just so uplifting. I guess it's, yeah, I imagine I haven't done MDMA, but I imagine it's a similar experience to <laughs> join MDMA. Yeah, the feeling of being connected to everyone and we're all the mm -hmm. same. And yeah, yeah, I think that's, that is also one of the effects of when you go through pressure and struggle together as a group. Like you said, you work really hard and like that yeah. experience of, of doing something that is extremely hard together. Also, it does something to so the connections that you mm -hmm. build during that time uh, that is very different from normal connections that you build, I think. 100%, yeah. I imagine you have probably had something similar with the, like with the company that you're you're building with another team as well or with a team i did we've definitely had like the original team of founders i think we mm -hmm. we will always have a special bond to each other because of the things that we went through yeah. uh with building that company so yeah definitely uh and i love going through uh struggle with people that's actually yeah. i want i want that because I know that it's it just brings people together in this whole different way. So I like I like challenging uh, myself, but especially if we're a group of people, I like I want us to get out where we we like feel like we can't uh, manage it and we really need each other. You know, that's mm. that's where it becomes really fun. I think that's so yeah, that's so. I I remember the guys as well in the group. Actually, now that you mentioned it, like one of the things that I would see and feel for myself is that when they had that loving community, suddenly they dared to do all the things that they, they dared to go talk to the girl that yeah. they were so head over heels in love with, because now they feel supported by so many men that they actually dared to take the chances and uh, yeah, really go for it. So that was also incredible to watch. Yeah. I could imagine, but uh, you left there at some point, did you leave because you didn't like it anymore or 
yeah, I, 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 the environment just wasn't for me. And I started, I guess, changing to a person that I didn't want to become anymore. The I work environment ten, or the... the work environment specifically. Um, yeah. I stayed there for 10 months. And at the end of it, I was, I was also really, really drained in so many ways that I, I'd never tried being. Yeah. Um, especially from overwork as well, because at some point I was the only one working with him uh, because one guy was injured and another guy couldn't get into the U.S. and was then fired. Oh. And um, and I was the only one, so I had to do all the administrative and all the planning and logistics and stuff like that. And I just remember working days in a row with only like three hours of sleep and and just in the end just feeling so stressed and nervous that I would fall asleep and my phone would have a message or I missed it or something. Um, when I got home, I remember I had this moment where I was with my ex-girlfriend and, and we always just had like good, good times together. There were never any like, you know, tense feelings or anything like that. But that day we were like cutting uh, carrots for the dinner. And I remember yeah. she asked me, oh, could you just cut the carrots in half of what you're doing now? Like to make it smaller. Um, and her asking me that just created this like shock energy in my body of like uh, anxiety attack. And I was just so surprised that I was in that condition because I was so focused and so, uh, I guess, running on adrenaline when I was working. Yeah. That I didn't notice how much like m my confidence and everything was just like going down as a result of being in an environment that wasn't supporting <laughs> me um, yeah. for my preference. That when I got out, I got a small anxiety attack from my ex-girlfriend asking me to cut the carrots differently that was just all that time i had thought that when i pushed myself as hard as i did i would grow stronger and then yeah. i realized that i was doing the opposite really i was like breaking myself down yeah uh and then i knew it was the right decision to leave as well so yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds good. like it yeah. it, it seemed like looking from the outside now i i don't know anything that happened i just i could see from the outside that you uh, did that thing you left and worked for that guy and i think we talked a couple of times uh i think we met that. up when i got back home as well yeah and then you got back home and then at some point you started uploading your own youtube videos mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, what you were talking about was kind of the um the bad side or the dark side of personal development so to me it kind of seemed like you had gone extremely deep into this uh personal development um market and worked in it and been in it for like um 24 hours a day uh all that stuff and then you suddenly had a change of heart or you realized something about yourself or how this was affecting you and you started putting out some i think really great content about some of the things that people might um uh misinterpret or uh, like get wrong when they listen a lot to like online coaches or motivational speakers and stuff like that is, is that a uh correct assessment of what I happened during is. that period yeah i think it is I'm, i remember my first video was about that for sure like stop stop trying to get get better yeah. um 
<laughs> I think it was definitely a result of me being there because the uh, the coach himself he was uh, phenomenal in so many ways. Yeah. Um, uh, and and at the same time, I would argue also perhaps doing some things for the wrong reason. And I saw that some guys that came there. Um, I guess I saw myself in those guys, but they would get good mm. results, but there was still so much pain inside of them. And um, and at the same time, I noticed, uh, I guess, the same pain inside of myself. And mm. I noticed also how many coaches were sort of selling on fear. And, yeah. um, and I resented that quite a bit because... Um, because of the because of the shame and guilt I would feel in myself from watching their content and from from listening to them because that fear sort of got in me and then I was like oh shit am I doing all everything wrong am I doing this wrong should I feel bad for doing this or not doing that mm. and it sort of just fed into my old self critic and all the shame and 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 guilt that I already perhaps carried a little bit inside of me um, so that was I guess the motivation for me I'm. I'm I'm very curious about your opinion actually because I remember one of the events that caused me to feel this way was uh, because I know how much you uh, like Tony Robbins and how much mm -hmm. you benefited, like greatly benefited from reading his book because I remember we yeah. talked about it. Because uh, I had I went to his seminar and I just remember the first day I came home like crying with my with tears running down my cheeks, just uh, and I was talking with the the coach I was working for. And he said, he told me like, what's going on? And I said to him, I just feel like there's so much shit I have to fix inside of myself. There's no <laughs> way I can ever get done with this work, you know? Yeah. It's just so overwhelmed with all this stuff I had to change and do better and all of this and that. Yeah. And it was just, and I was just like, there, I'm so far from the goal that this is horrible. Um, and, that, and that was sort of the, the one of the things that I guess I disagreed with the way that he was doing it on, like Tony Robbins and the yeah. event itself. Uh, that for me, at least for my personality and who I am, was not as beneficial. Um, but I guess I always knew that there's multiple sides to it. And and, and I, I'm curious to hear your opinion and also like all the benefits that you had that I heard from you was mm. incredible, to say the least. Yeah, I really did benefit a lot. And but I I always thought after like he started my journey into personal development. It was Tony Robbins. I didn't even know that personal development was a thing at that time. I was just presented with a book from someone and she said like you should really read this because you're making a lot of bad decisions in your life, uh, but you're not like you're a great guy, but this book will help you. And so I saw, wow, okay. thought, okay. <laughs> was it someone close to you that, that said that or was it like... It was a, a colleague. I was working at a hotel uh -huh. and uh, I was kind of talking about like, I've always been ambitious. And I was always like, when we were working together, I was talking about like, oh, I want to do this in the future. And I want to have my own hotel. I remember telling her because we were, I was working in like the reception of the hotel. Right. And I was just like, I want to have my own hotel and I want to make a lot of money. And, uh -huh. uh, but at that time I was like smoking weed every day. And, uh, like when I went home from work, I did nothing, but just like smoke weed and watch movies and like play video games and stuff like that. 
And so I talked to her a little bit about that and she tried to be like, uh, do you maybe think that that's a, a dumb way to live if you want to have your own hotel someday? And then at one point she just gave me the book and was just like, read this and maybe it will help. Um, and so I started reading it and I just started immediately ap applying everything that he said I should do in the book. And it really helped me. Um, and I actually got fired not that long after that uh, oh, from okay. the hotel. Uh, but that was because of cut downs. Uh, and it okay, was, okay. So the book couldn't help me with that. But it really mm -hmm. helped me actually with coping with being fired. And I immediately went out. I put up like flyers uh, in the supermarket that I could do whatever like cut people's grass or like do handiwork at home for like mm -hmm. 150 kroners an hour I think I took for it and people could just call me up and so I was like getting into that whole mindset of like you need to do something you need to put in action and good stuff will happen and stuff like that and turn it around to something positive and all of that kind of stuff and it really helped me and it helped me throughout my I I read uh, I I got two different diplomas at that time uh so i read a lot uh, was a lot in school in for two years i did uh, normal school in a day and then evening school as well and mm. then i just applied everything that tony robbins told me to do and everything worked out really great so i was like after that i just i worshipped him and was like everything that man says is the truth and, uh, and he's amazing because I just experienced that work. But afterwards, I was introduced to a lot of other like uh, uh, personal development uh, gurus. And I saw some of his, I like I saw the documentary, for example, on Netflix about him. The I'm not a guru? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I actually didn't really like the way that he does his shows because mm -hmm. it really reminded me of like, some preacher you know uh, you see these kind of like uh, baptist church events where preachers are like healing people on stage and stuff like that yeah and it really yeah. reminded me of that and then i also at that point found out that he was seriously religious uh, and not that that's any problem but that just those two things together just gave me this vibe of like this like crooked uh, online preacher. And I, I, at that point I was like, I'm not saying that he is that. I'm just saying that I, at that point, I, I remember thinking, I'm really happy that I read his book before I was yeah, presented yeah, yeah. with this because I had a totally different view of him from just reading the book uh, than to watch all of that stuff. And interesting. Yeah. But, um, but I had kind of the same experience as you that, Later, after I got my diplomas and I started working and we started the company and everything, I was facing some different challenges than I had before. And so my go-to solution was just, I need to read some self-help books, right? So I would just consume books in a, at a pace that I couldn't handle. Like I, I didn't apply... 90% of what I read. And so I, but I had all this knowledge in my head 
that was kind of a good thing, I think, because I was reading about personal finance and like uh, psychology and um, how to influence people and all of these different things. And the knowledge was there in my head and I could kind of use it sometimes when I remembered it. But also I got the kind of the same feeling that you got that I have all of this stuff that I that I should do because mm. all of these books say that I should do this and I'm just not doing 90% of it. And that really stresses me out and it makes me feel like I'm not doing what I should be doing ever. Mm. Like I can't live up to all of this advice that I have listened to, I can't follow everything, all of it. And so yeah, it just like makes just me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So at some point I kind of realized that I needed to kind of put that aside for some time and uh, just try and, and find my own solutions to things. And uh, uh yeah, so I had uh, I had kind of the same experience as you that that um, at some point it just becomes it becomes overwhelming all of these things that you are told that you should do that mm -hmm. you're just not doing <laughs> because you don't have time and you can't do everything at the same time, right? Yeah. So so at that point I felt like it was more of a it made me feel worse. Uh, instead of making me feel better and actually solving things for me. But I still mm -hmm. think to this day that, and I have picked it up again a little bit, like I follow some guys on and off, uh, but I also know that there's a limit to how much I can, like I've, I've got a way more balanced uh, view of, yeah. of it now and view of myself. Um. And I totally forgot what I was what I was uh, saying with that. Um, so yeah, but but it's that's one thing to keep in mind, I think. But one thing I'm curious about is how how you because it sounds like such an extreme transition that you made from when you worked in the hotel, you were smoking weed every day, to then you you just pick up a book and then just instantly start like. Uh, <laughs> applying it because to me that sounds insane I would never imagine someone being that quick with like without any resistance making that because when you said it I got this feeling like you were really quick at uh, yeah. just changing your life like that and I also yeah. remember from from working with you I was super impressed with your work ethic and and still am like from what I see you know obviously I don't see your day to day but <laughs> with with the, the uh, like speed that you can just attack things by and with the seamless little resistance you have to applying everything and, and all of these things yeah so how did you go from when you were smoking weed how was that transition from for you well it was not like i stopped smoking weed from one day to another that that kept okay. on i actually one of the things because that was one of the things that anthony robbins wrote in the book was that it's best to start with one thing one thing mm. you want to change about yourself or your life or your habits and that was smoking cigarettes for me that was the first mm -hmm. thing the first step i took um but i think the reason why i was so quick to adapt what was in the book was that i was looking for it as i've been thinking a lot about that uh later in life like why why did that book help me so much especially when i feel that personal development stopped helping me 
I was yeah. kind of wondering why did it help me in the beginning and why doesn't it help me now? And I just yeah. think that there's this saying that when the the um, the student is ready, the teacher will show himself, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think that that was it. I, I had for a long time been feeling kind of stuck and not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And I just had these like, uh, bullshit things I would say that when people asked me what I wanted to do with my life I was always like I want to get rich I was just said <laughs> and they were like well what are you going to do and I was like I don't know but I know that the first step to getting rich is to decide that you want to get rich so I've taken the first step <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of this I, I was kind of like I love uh, that yeah, uh, this bullshit answer. I just always answered people when they asked me because, because I didn't know. And to be honest, I was so terrified that I did not know what to do with my life. And everyone mm. else seemed to know and seemed to be moving in a direction. And so uh, I had before I worked at that hotel, I had been to France. That was kind of my escape from everything and i was like well i might as well find it i was a dishwasher at a hotel in france for seven months um <clears throat> just because i wanted to like see something else in denmark and searching for jobs in denmark and so after that i went to that hotel and uh, i i just think at that time i had kind of told myself that that was what i wanted to do i want to work in hotels and i want to have my own hotel and that's how i'm gonna get rich so now I know. And um, uh, and yeah, I just think that deep inside, I was just really confused uh, about who I was and what I wanted to do in life. And so I was very open to suggestions from people about who I was or what I should get out of my life. And yeah, I just think it was that I was searching. I was searching for answers anywhere that I could get them. Uh, I think that was also why I kept telling people. Like I said, I was talking to this colleague of mine who gave me the book. I always yeah. was talking to her about my future plans. I think that was kind of to, to kind of get reactions from people and see like what, what will they say if I just... I'm really ambitious about where I'm going. And yeah, I think I, yeah, I was searching for answers, I think at that point. And that was why I was so quick to adapt. Um, Probably also why she was, you know, open to even giving you that book as well. Because I yeah. imagine that most people would not be like, hey, you should read this book. Yeah, let me give you the book. <laughs> they would just be like, oh yeah, good for you, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, and it worked out. And that's actually, that was the thing that I was saying before that I forgot was that in the end, I think it worked out, right? Just like with you, that yeah. it might have been a struggle at points and I might have hit points where I felt really bad about myself also later. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, it was good that I went into self-development because it showed me so many things that I hadn't seen if I hadn't done that. And you, even though you can go wrong direction, that can also be 100%. You know, the right thing to do because then you learn something. Then you find out, yeah. oh, that's a wrong direction. I need to do something else, right? 
That's so true. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I for me, that's definitely been the case as well. I mean, also with going back to the the girls part, like I think there was a lot of things that I might have tried out to see if I if they fitted me or not, with how I projected myself, how I talked to people, and just doing the, those experiments helped me solidify my sen- sense of self or or how I appreciate like projecting myself into the world yeah, or expressing myself into the world. And so just being open to trying new things, if anything was in itself enough to change my life, I would say into, because otherwise I just, I just imagine like who I was when I was 16 or 15 and just imagining if I hadn't been unwilling to move away from my identity and who I was and how I was talking to people and what I believed in and just, followed that road until where I am now and then yeah I just yeah I just think that the the experimenting part of it is also super crucial yeah I think so too trying different things so after the dating coach Mm -hmm. after you worked for him you went home to Denmark I went home yeah how long were you there and what did you do I was probably there for a month, month and a half. I think I spent a lot of time being quite, quite sad and quite depressed because I went from having so much certainty, like the amount of certainty I had when working for him was unbelievable. Like yeah. I got a call from my family, which is so funny. Um, like my parents were concerned for me a little bit, but turns out so was the rest of my family. So they had been talking at birthdays and Christmas and whatnot about what I was doing and whether or not I was part of a cult. Um, so I was on my way to another meditation. The second time I did the same meditation, actually, as I I did in Sweden, a silent meditation. I was doing it again, uh, in Chicago, same organization. And my aunt, I never speak with her. Uh, she was like babysitting me when I was a kid. I don't talk to her only on like family get togethers. I really like her, but I never talked to her. She calls me. She's like, can I call you? We're all concerned. I'm like, sure. Call me. And she's just on the phone trying to convince me sort of to stop working with him and sort of to like come back home and take care of yourself. Don't focus on him. Don't like work for him. Do it for yourself, you know? And I was just like trying to like talk my way out of it. Like I was just like brushing her off, you know, Uh, just telling her what she wanted to hear and just really ignoring her advice completely. And there was zero part of me that had any interest in what she was saying like literally zero part. I was so confident that I would stay with him for the rest of my life, more or less, to the point where I feel like I was in a jail because I didn't feel like I had other options than to be with him. Wow. And so in the meditation, uh, a thought came to my mind, which is what would happen if I left? Yeah. And I had all these ideas of what I could do, but I had so much guilt around leaving because in my mind at the time, the most noble purpose I could dedicate myself to was working with him yeah and it was sort of like I guess self-manipulation I had done to sort of make myself stay a little bit and all my dreams was attached to being there yeah so so then that idea sort of grew in the meditation and by the time I came out of the meditation I was like ready to uh talk about that idea with some of my close close friends that also knew him uh and I called the guy I'm working with now because one of my fears was he'll never speak to me if I leave because people are so loyal to the coach that 
if other people leave, then they're sort of out of the family. They're like the black sheep. We don't speak to them or anything. And I called him and he said he was also leaving uh, and not coming back. And I was like, holy shit, okay, this is happening. When I came back to Denmark, I, I just didn't know what to do at all. And I just knew that if I would stay in Denmark without direction or purpose, I would most likely drift back to the old self that I didn't appreciate. Yeah. Um, so quickly, I decided to go to Germany to visit a friend that I considered very successful. He was doing YouTube videos and making good money and doing it and so on. And I just knew like, okay, I'm close with him now. I met him through the coach and he's doing really good stuff on his own. And maybe if I work with him, we can figure out something together. So I went to visit him and then quickly after I decided, okay, I'm going to move to Germany, find a way to make money there and then see what I can start to start making my own money and be financially free. Mm. And then when I moved there, my life took a different turn. I got into a relationship and uh, tried to start a company that failed massively or never really got off the ground. And it was just the lowest and highest points of my life in many ways, being yeah. in Germany. Um, but uh, I just knew I couldn't be in Denmark at that time. And I'm, I'm happy that I didn't because I don't think I would have kept on my path in a sense if I had stayed in Denmark. Mm. Was this yeah. uh, the same time that you started making those videos as well? I started making them when I moved out of, of Germany because I had known for a long time that I wanted to do that. I yeah. had several thoughts of, of what I wanted to do, but one of them, the most clear was just, I want to continue working in this industry. Yeah. Um, and then when I came to Germany, I got a girlfriend. It quickly went from in the pickup stuff to, okay, let me do something uh, with the benefits of that, but not the downside of it and not the need to include picking up girls, like just normal stuff that everyone yeah. can relate to. Loving um, yourself. and Loving yourself. Um and then when I moved out of Germany, I started traveling and um, and I had a period, actually, it was, I think, maybe like a year after I moved up to Germany, because I had a period where I was like really like in my rock bottom, I would say, while I was in Germany and when I moved out of there, just emotionally uh, a mess. And, um, and I sort of took the time where I just told myself, okay, I don't have any rules for what I'll do. I sort of went celibate. So I told myself, okay, I've tried everything that involves like trying forcibly to pick up girls or like force myself to become better at picking up girls uh, and all these stuff. So I told myself, I'm going to do six months. I'm not going to check off. I'm not going to watch any like porn. I'm not going to try to hit on anyone. And I was very strict with myself. So I knew if I'm trying to flirt with someone, I already know that I'm trying. Yeah. I'm not going to allow that. Yeah. So don't even try. Um and if anyone is flirting with me, I'm just gonna like be super nice, but like not gonna flirt back, you know? Um, but besides that, I took a period where I'm, I was allowing myself to not be in self-development, allowing myself not to meditate, not to do anything, eat whatever I wanted to, uh, play video games whenever I wanted to, all of these things. Yeah. Um, because I, get, I think the shame and guilt of having to do so many things to feel like I was doing okay had caught mm. up to me. Yeah, and sort of allowing myself to indulge in those things sort of helped me get clear that it was my own decision and not because of some fear that was installed in me that I was doing those things in the first place. Yeah. Um, 
So by the time I started doing videos, it was sort of a decision that I had made without any external input as I wanted it to be that. And I think like I didn't continue making my videos for that long, but I, but for me doing it every week, non like without any breaks for eight, 10 months was a really, really big victory for me at the time. Um, and I a hundred percent would attribute that to making that decision for myself instead of having it been influenced by someone else pressuring me to yeah. make that decision. Yeah. And yeah. that's when I, that's why the first video I did was about, um, not doing things out of, a, uh, out of fear for something. Yeah. And doing it for yourself instead. Yeah. Wow. That's also, <clears throat> It's a real roller coaster you've been through of like different uh, mindsets about what yeah. you want to do. And uh, you've had some periods of uh, emotional distress. But I think it's sometimes, especially if you if you're the type of person that uh, looks a lot into like self-development and want to do stuff. I think it can be very beneficial to take a period like that where you just go mm. with whatever you feel like doing and you don't think about what would be the best thing for me to do in this situation and how do I need to frame this in my mind to cope with yeah. it. And, but just be in it. Be in your negative feelings if you have them and just feel yourself. Like, what do I actually want to do? What do I like to do? How do I mm. want to live? I think that's kind of one of the things that is missing in self-development. That's one of the reasons why I like your videos as well, actually, is that it's not that many people. There are some people in that industry, but not a lot that talks about really getting to know yourself before you start developing. Actually, I think yeah. that is like the most important thing if, before, because when you go into it with like the thought that you need to develop, you need to be better. You need to be mm -hmm. someone else than who you actually are. It's yeah. just, you start off with like, you are, you're basically a loser and yeah. now you need to become a winner, right? Yeah. There's like an implicit, you're shit now. So yeah. Be better. 100%. Ex exactly. And I'm actually, I talk a little bit about, that in the video that I'm editing right now, where I talk about this, mm. I've had this whole 30 day project where I was running and swimming uh, to kind of get back into training and working out. And uh, I talk a little bit about that. I don't think that you should do, like if you want to get into shape, it's a bad start if you're already like, I'm a loser, so I should get into shape. A way better way to try and look at it is like, I really like myself. I really love myself. So I want myself to feel better. I want to exp I want to give myself the gift of feeling better because I love myself yeah. like I would for anyone else that I love. Like, because it's a good thing for me. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think that that is, uh, it sounds like that's kind of the same uh, 100%. Realization yeah. that you came to at last. It's really funny. 100%. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I, I feel like we've been running this parallel 
experience like through this mm-hmm. world of self-development and realized uh, some of the same things. But actually, you said something interesting that I wanted to kind of go back to about meditation. Mm-hmm. Because you said that this thought that you had about leaving, uh, it kind of, you realized it during this meditation retreat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is one of the wonderful things I think about meditation is you can have realizations like that. But yeah, what is that? It, it's called Vipassana uh, meditation. Vipassana. 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 Yeah. meditation and, and what is that i guess ironically you're not really supposed to be thinking about those things like i i asked the i asked the teacher when i was there like i'm having this thought and i feel like I, it would be guilt i was too guilty if i do this do you think i should do it and she's like whatever you you know she's like the classic buddhist and yeah. like whatever you whatever you, you feel, feel like, like do whatever you must do you know yeah um the meditation itself is they say it's the teaching of Buddha for liberation. So um, it's a very, uh, I guess, um, deep meditation in one way that is supposed to heal suffering. So the intention behind the meditation is not to, like some meditations are like mindfulness and like get a more clear mind and um, become more in touch with your body maybe. And like, there's a lot of different types of meditations. Um, this one is, it's a very simple meditation technique in one way, uh, but it can be quite intense as well. Um, what do you do? A, it, it, they have different parts to the meditation. I'll, I'll try to describe it, but I'm afraid I, I might get some parts wrong. But um, first part is to practice becoming more aware of your, of your body and being able to focus your mind. Mm-hmm. so that you can notice more subtle things with your mind and it's funny i did i did it recently actually like a couple of months ago that was the third time i did it uh every time i've done it i've been looking forward to it and then when i'm there i'm like this is the last time that i'll ever do this meditation again yeah um because it is it is extremely intense you're there for 10 days mm-hmm. uh during those 10 days you're not allowed to talk with anyone only you can Ask that there's a time period where you can go up alone with to ask the teacher a question yeah. about the technique and so on. Uh, of course, if there's any practical stuff, there's an assistant teacher you can talk with. Um, but idea is that you're not supposed to talk at all. Uh, you eat a vegetarian diet when you're there or a vegan diet if you need to or want to. Um, and you have to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning to start your meditation. Wow. And I think it ends around 9 p.m. in the evening or something like that when you uh prepare for going to sleep um doing that meditate there's like 10 hours of meditation throughout the day and then there's breaks in between wow your last meal you have i think you have breakfast around like 6 a.m or no i think 6 a.m or 8 a.m i can't remember um and then at 11 a.m i believe there's like a lunch and then after that as an old student like returning student you're not allowed to eat after that only drink water um and they give you like some lemon water but in the evening you're not eating so new students they have like a piece of fruit or two so it is quite intense in that way um the intense part i would say that always surprises my like i know this logically of course but when i get there 
is the experience of being without any type of stimulant. Yeah. So usually like we have so many, like we have, you know, juices, we have uh, delicious food and the food is very simplistic. So, or simple without much flavor to it, <laughs> without uh, insulting any chefs there. Um, it, it varies where you are, but there's so little stimulation that it just becomes this different way of experiencing your day-to-day life. And you're there for 10 days. So it is a little bit of time. And the way that, my body reacts to the lack of stimulation is always like very, very interesting. And yeah, um, in the moment, quite scary, to be honest, like there's so much fear when I'm there and so many uh, old, like negative experiences that comes <clears throat> up. Um, yeah. In the in meditation technique itself, yeah, you are first practicing keeping the mind more still and being able to focus more. And then you're going into to describe it very simple, um, observing the sensations on the body. And the theory behind that is that the, obs- the sensations on the body are all created by the subconscious mind. So every time there is a uh, thought, for example, there would be a physical sensation going along with that thought. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to be able to observe that without interfering with it yeah. so that we can practice not reacting to the world around us. And when we stop reacting, they're saying that in a sense, traumas to use a different word than what they would use, um, are what creates our negative experiences are what creates our attachment um, and our um, like hatred to certain experiences. So that if we can stop reacting, we can stop creating new attachments and uh by removing the attachment we'll remove the suffering and by removing the suffering we'll reach enlightenment eventually by having observant mind that can observe everything and and so on there's a lot more detail than that but yeah um so did you have any like weird experiences or like just i've heard a lot of experiences. experiences from from people i mean for me it's been that i've had I made good decisions when I've been there. So the last one I was there was when I decided to leave my job, which was such a good decision for me. Yeah. Um, last time I was there, it's funny when you do the first part of it, where you like focus in the mind, you, your mind becomes very, very sharp in a weird way. You get a little bit of headaches maybe because it's, it's using so much your mind. Um, but everyone that was there last time, they, their dreams was just in, insanely intense. And you have so many visual um, details that your mind picks up from the dreams that you just, it's like your dreams are like 10 X in the detail and the strength and everything, which yeah. was cool to observe. Uh, and then some other people, they had uh, some great experiences with like physical illnesses that disappeared out of nowhere. So wow. He had like a physical injury in his back for 10 years. And then one day it just went away. And then throughout the time, he didn't have it again. And as far as I know, it hasn't come back since. I don't think it will. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful technique. And the technique of not reacting to the environment around us is, yeah. uh, as far as I can see, like there's different ways to train that. Uh, and this meditation is one way that is according to them, like very bulletproof, like everyone can do it. As long as you have your breath, mm. then you can start on this technique um, and train it. 
And but uh, when you're sitting yeah. there and you're meditating for like 10 hours, mm-hmm. it's not 10 hours straight, just to <laughs> okay, okay, because I was thinking like you start four o'clock and then you just <laughs> yeah, meditate I made it 10 hours, hours yeah. straight. It's like you start, then you have like one hour, then maybe five minutes break, then one hour, five minutes break. And then uh, the longest session, I think, is one and a half or two hours, as far as I remember. Yeah. Um, as far as I remember, yeah. And did you ever feel like going through different stages of um, like awareness when you're, because I've only like the longest time I've been meditating was like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt like that was way different than meditating for 10 minutes, which I have been doing for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine like extending that period of time just opens up the possibility of like experiencing stuff, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I haven't been to um, I don't think, I don't know if I would say I'm the right person to ask. Um, no? I, I definitely have experienced different like, states of awareness in in maybe subtle ways yeah um like some very peaceful very quiet in my mind that have been very enjoyable as well Mm. and um i don't know how many of them like this last one i did was funny enough like probably the hardest i've done in multiple ways um did you ever i think feel like you um like you were when you got out of it you were kind of not sure if you had actually fallen asleep while you were meditating and like was i had a lot of, of times where i fell asleep <laughs> where you actually <laughs> fell asleep wow. yeah like i would be i'll be sitting and you're not doing like the head butting <laughs> and like oh and then again it's it's uh, i think for me more than most people that has been like i've always had issues with that when i was in school yeah. I could sleep standing against the wall. I like wow. I've had have had a lot of issues with it when I was younger. Um <laughs> and also during my meditations. Yeah. It's very strange to me because I would have these like the experience would be so different from one meditation, one sitting to another. Even like if I would go out for a walk and come back, it would be a completely different experience. Uh so I would have like, for example, I remember trying to understand my patterns of which time was good for my meditations and which time I would expect bad meditations. Yeah. Hoping that I could somehow not react as strongly to the experience when it was shit because I could like expect it to be shit because, ah, this is the morning meditation. That's when I'm sleeping. Um, but I had somewhere, you know, where I'm sitting there and uh, when you're observing the sensations on your body, um, when you go in, the goal is to have an equanimous mind, which is to say, to have a non-reacting mind that is still and uh, just observant. Mm. Um, besides that, as you develop in the technique, they say that you will be able to start experiencing more and more subtle uh, sensations and more unanimous sensations, meaning that they are all feeling more like they're vibrating and you can feel them more small mm. and you can feel they're vibrating at the entire body at the same time eventually, mm. including the inside. Um, so I had different experiences where when you have something that you're going through, you can maybe feel like very, uh, gross sensations, as they say, in certain parts of the body where it feels like it's locked in, or you can't really with your mind, feel the more subtle, uh, sensations in there. And when you get more into it, you will feel 
how different those experiences are. So it's interesting to observe the body and feel that the body is just vibrating. Like you can feel very, very small vibrations throughout the body. And that can be very, very pleasing. Yeah. Uh, and then in the next meditation, suddenly I can feel like there's a whole area that's just blocked. And I, and it's like, like imagine you're playing a video game and the character keeps bumping into the wall and you're trying to move him out and he just keeps hitting the wall. Yeah. And it's so, so frustrating and the entire training is about not reacting and not getting frustrated, even when yeah. you feel like you're not progressing, which this last experience was just, it was the third time. So I was hoping this would be the, the best in a sense. And funny enough, it was more or less the opposite. Like it was very, very challenging yeah. uh, time. And I felt like I didn't progress as much, which was then, you know, in that moment, that was the practice to be okay yeah. with not progressing as much. Yeah, exactly. Now that's that's one of the things that I'm starting to realize about meditation is that that's exactly the point that it's 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 doing nothing you're doing nothing and trying mm. to get something out of it is the wrong way to go into it like I, I'm really struggling with that I went to a what's it called flotation tank oh yeah, yeah. last week um and was in there was for that? an hour for the first time ever it was it was really great i think i i really enjoyed it i want to go back in there but did my you fall asleep or no oh. i i don't feel like i did i feel like when there's this music that starts when your hour is over mm-hmm. and when that started i did not feel like i was waking up from sleep but i mm-hmm. definitely felt like i had been in another state of mind for some time I completely lost mm. my track of time. I had no idea how long I had been in there. I was surprised when the music came on. I was like, has it already been an hour? And have I been sleeping? But I really didn't feel like I had been. I might have been. I don't know. But it was just, it was weird. But one of the things that I that I struggled with while I was in there was this desire to get something out of the experience. Mm. And I, for the like first, I don't know how long, because I really had a hard time figuring out how long had passed. Uh, but for some time in the beginning, I was constantly battling that desire. I knew that it was, it was kind of counterproductive to want something specific out of it. Mm. Uh, so I just tried to really tell myself, like, you need to want nothing out of this. You need to have no expectation of what this is going to give you um and if what if the only experience that you have here is that you're laying bored out of your mind for an hour (laughs) in a dark tank then that's it then that's the experience and that's fine that's okay like and and i've taken that with me afterwards when i meditate i try to like just um just not do anything like even like trying to focus my mind i've kind of stopped trying to do that i just try and do nothing and have no expectation and have no judgment over what happens and i think that really that helps me also in everyday life not judging everything yeah it's really something that i've been that i've realized through meditation through stuff like going to that uh, tank is like you judge everything 
it, mm. in like this is good and this is bad and this is the right way that things should be and this is the wrong way and like i that's something i'm working on right now it's just to stop judging anything and just letting things be what they are and trusting the process is something i think a lot about right now because i've yeah. been in a huge uh personal developmental um process this past two years actually and i've kind of learned to just trust the process like uh, that this everything that happens is a part of the process and in the end it's mm -hmm. going to be good because it leads to something and you just need to be aware of what is happening and and like how that is steering you somewhere um so yeah that's that's kind of um my most recent interesting uh experience with meditation was in that tank and it was really quite an uh an experience i think have you ever tried being in one of those i tried it one time uh i fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> oh, so surprised it was very enjoyable yeah. sleep yeah i felt very refreshed when i woke up and i think i was drifting in and out of sleep a little bit but it was yeah. very it was a very nice experience very nice i really enjoyed yeah. i enjoy meditation as do you meditate now like as a is i had a really i was on a like i was doing it like every day morning and evening for a long time before the vipassana yeah and then after i also because my body physically i had some pains in my ankle like i got a small injury uh because of the posture i had when i was meditating so i decided okay i'm gonna take a small break and then that break ended up being a lot longer than i initially planned uh so now i'm starting to do it again in the evening um but without any similar to you like i don't really have any specific uh plan for it I used to do a timer. Now I don't do a timer that much. Um, I might start doing it again soon, though. But yeah, I yeah, that's pretty much it as of night right now. Uh, I think actually that's a good idea. I think I'm gonna try doing that without the timer, because that's just another thing that you put on it, right? That is like yeah. I'm gonna do this for ten minutes. It's like why uh, yeah. ten minutes? Why? Because I why? noticed for myself as well, <laughs> when I was doing it, I was doing it as a routine instead of with real intention behind it. Like I was like, okay, this is the thing that I have to do, like having to take out the trash. Okay, I have to sit here now for 10 minutes Yeah. and I have to wait until the timer says it's finished and I have to do these things while I sit here. And I think it sort of ruined a little bit my my real enjoyment behind it or my real intention behind it um yeah i've had yeah huh yeah i understand i i i like i meditated right before i called you up on this uh call mm -hmm. i'm 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 beginning to start to actually use it as a kind of a tool uh, instead of just this thing that some guy said in a book that I should do. And so now I'm doing it 10 minutes every day and trying to increase that. It becomes this, this just another thing that you're measuring 
and you're judging whether you're doing it enough and you're progressing and all of this stuff and it you kind of judging yourself on behalf of am i progressing on my meditation and it's just after doing it for a long time i've just realized that that is exactly the opposite of what meditation is um is meant to be because it really is meant to just be nothing <laughs> you know mm. not something to be measured not something to be judged just just something to be done and something that can help you with different things and that's why i for example did it before we uh were talking because i wanted to kind of clear my mind uh and not have all of these um thoughts of what i've been doing today for example and different stuff i've been reading today or working on i wanted to kind of like get a clean slate so that i could just focus on our conversation and i think it helps with that i really that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons i really like it i feel like when i go out of it i'm just like a blank slate and uh, i don't have all of this baggage that i'm carrying from yesterday or an hour yeah. ago or something like that and another thing is that being aware, just sitting and being aware of what you're thinking, but like, uh, but not getting attached to those uh, thoughts, just watching them. I think it can be really interesting. You kind of get to know yourself. Um, and, and, and that's really important, I think, like to see, not to say that your thoughts are yourself, but they're a part of what's going on inside of you but you mm. realize that exactly that your thoughts are not coming from you they're just coming like you are not the one yeah. creating them they're just it's just a constant stream of things coming up in your mind and it's affected by all of these weird things in your subconscious that you don't really have access to but it kind of gives you an idea of what is going on in your subconscious. And I think that, mm. that that is the most interesting thing for me that has helped me a lot in learning more about myself and how I work uh, and what drives me. For example, this thing of making a podcast or doing YouTube videos or writing a blog post or sharing something on Instagram, that's something I found out that's very that's very distinctly me like i've always done that when i was little i actually have it right up here somewhere i have i wrote a diary from when i was very young but the funny thing about my diary was that it was written for an audience it was never mm. like my private stuff i wrote about my thoughts for other people to read them and the first time I got a, my hands on a video camera was when my parents got one. And the first thing I did was point that camera at my face and start talking about stuff that I thought about. And so when I'm meditating, for example, I get a lot of these thoughts about, um, oh, I should tell this to people or like, I mm. want to share this experience that I had, or I just had this amazing thought this morning that I think people could really benefit from or um, stuff like that. And I just realized that that is how my mind works. It's constantly thinking about what I can share with people 
And I've just decided lately to just lean into that completely and just give myself over to that thing that is just apparently a part of me. I actually heard this. I heard this podcast episode from Joe Rogan when they were talking about creativity and inspiration. Mm -hmm. And uh, they talked about that uh, sometimes it's the things that you think about or do that you're actually a little bit annoyed with yourself about that is the thing that is so distinctly your creative expression and it just hit me like shit i that's me i fuck man i have a lot of times where i share something that might be just on like my private facebook account uh i get caught up in some train of thought and i just my reaction to that if I get really excited about what I'm thinking is to sit down and write, write it down or record a video and share that. And sometimes I do that. And afterwards I'm like, why did I share that with everyone? Like what, what, why? <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes I get kind of ashamed and, um, and that's just what I, 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 I realized through meditation and through also hearing them talk about that stuff and a lot of other things that I've gone through these last two years that that is just that's just how I work and I need to seriously um, appreciate that and mm -hmm. and not hide away from it and just let it uh, like get out and let myself express myself uh, and not judge it and not try and control mm. it and turn it into something, but just like, let it happen. Yeah. And, and so that is really why I've come to seriously appreciate as one of, if I had to pick one thing that I've learned from like really listening to a lot of self-development, uh, motivational speakers and stuff, it's it's meditation because I really really enjoy that, and then also like physical health, like the impact that those two things have on you, being in 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 good shape physically and meditating. Those two things combined is like that gives me such a great feeling, uh, just like calm, uh, like like. It's, a, it's hard to explain, but it feels like you you feel more comfortable in your own body in some, yeah, way, some way. It doesn't feel definitely. as alien to you. I kind of have a theory that is something to do with like the mind-body connection that you're really exercising that when you're exercising. And also when you're meditating, like you have that... Mm -hmm. Uh, contact with all those small sensations on your body and stuff and so strengthening that connection between the mind and the body i think really makes you feel more at home it makes you feel like your body is not such a an alien thing it makes you feel like it's like you're more whole like it's your one whole your body and mind you know yeah so 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 that's kind of some of the positive things that i've taken away that I've really gained something from. But then there's also a lot of like, I think a lot of times I've had ambitions that have not really been my own, that have been, because I've lived, listened to some of these 
um, uh, speakers that you can find online everywhere, especially on YouTube. And I'm seriously a YouTube addict. I love watching YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm the same. I used to also like every issue in my life, just YouTube it. And then that's how I found Tony Robbins when yeah. I had relationship issues. He had some great videos on relationships and why. Uh, yeah, it was just on point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm doing that as well. Yeah. But but it, the problem is, I think that if you are like in the first place, if you are searching for that kind of stuff, it kind of means that you there are some things in your life that you don't have control over or that is not the way that you want them to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you find all of these people who seem to have it down seem to know everything about how you should do everything in your life right mm -hmm. and so you also have this narrative that is told again and again about you need to find someone to model like if you want to do something if you want to be successful in business you find a successful business person and you model what they did that's mm -hmm. a way of becoming successful And it clearly is. But I just think the, the point that is missing there is first you need to find out who the fuck you are and what the fuck you want to do in life. And when you, mm. you feel like you have some clarity in that, then you maybe go find someone that you can look up to and learn from. And still you need to remember that they don't know everything and everyone makes mistakes and that um, what is right for them is not necessarily right for you yeah because um, i think a lot of it as well from my perspective is the i would say also the people that are you know giving advice because certainty really sells so if someone is like oh i don't know what to do and there's tony robbins and he has a shit ton of certainty about what he's yeah. doing uh and when he tells you what he tells you like there's a lot of certainty behind it so you take it in like okay this is the and Like what I enjoy about meditation and about that sort of stillness it creates as well is to be able to sit in the question and like I find that the good gurus as well potentially are the ones that also are good to just ask questions instead of providing answers. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've had like a lot of the people that I met when I was, for example, traveling were like coaches and stuff like that. And I always had this like, I don't want to work with people because there's so many of them that just have answers and answers and answers like, Oh, this is going on in my life. Oh, it's because you're doing this, 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 this. Yeah. And then here's fix it, fix it. And I just really, really appreciate the ability for people to sit in curiosity with you to explore, like, let's say the issues or whatever it is that's going on. Do you just sit and explore it and like have fun, unfolding it together and like ah oh, this is because of this happened and it's because of this happened and so if you're feeling for example bad about yourself and uh instead of someone saying ah oh, you shouldn't have done that or you should do this instead if they can help you explore why you feel bad and and just sit with curiosity about you without any judgment i find that it takes me and from what i see with a lot of others takes them to a place of feeling so accepted And then naturally the answers would, would come up from a, from an internal place of an internal knowing already. Um, yeah. 
and it's in a much more wholesome way where it's like, ah, okay. And then if they commit to that answer that comes up, then it's their own commitment and not commitment from some guru that tells them with certainty, you need to do it or else. Um, You're a loser. Because that commitment is, yeah, it's just commitment to him to make him think that they're cool as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just not a healthy relationship to have with someone, right? That this is the person that I need to satisfy him for yeah. him to accept me. He needs to tell me when I'm good enough. Yeah. It's just not I, I, a, a I great with relationship. The, uh, with, the, with the people that we were coaching, that yeah. it seemed some of them, you know, they would go up and talk to the girl because the coach tells them to do it. And then it's like, okay, but the coach are telling them. So when you remove him out of like the, um, when you remove him from their life or from their day-to-day -day life where he's not there, then they don't take the actions that are required for them to be successful because it no. was never actually, they never did it out of commitment to themselves, out of a decision on their own. They just did it to like people please him really. Yeah. Uh, really, because he was putting pressure, like, oh, you should do this. Uh, even if he didn't say you should do this, they could sense, okay, this is what he thinks that I should be doing. So if I do it, I'll get a little bit extra credit with him. Yeah. And then, okay, so then I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You need to be able to do stuff when no one is looking. Like, uh -huh. and the, the stuff that you want to do when no one is looking is is probably more interesting for you to look into and the thing that yeah. someone else is telling you that you should do. I also think that, I don't know, are you following anyone right now that you kind of regularly listen to or have you completely gone off? Uh, I was, I was, yeah, I mean, I follow people still, I think. Uh, sometimes I also do it just for fun, like the some of the pickup gurus. I, I think yeah. it's fun to look at some of things also or because I think some of it is a bit cringe. Yeah. Um, usually i listen now to different like i would say spiritual teachers that i i, I really really appreciate mm -hmm. um uh one called ram, ram das who's uh dead now uh for some years i think yeah. and one called michael a singer so both are also authors um he has an incredible book he did an interview with tony robbins so it's quite funny actually yeah um Yeah, yeah, it's on, I think it's on Tony Tony Robbins' uh, YouTube uh, account. As I think it's mostly because his wife was really, really into uh, the books of Michael A. Singer. Yeah. So I th she really, really loved his work, and I think Tony Robbins also appreciated it. But it seemed like it was more her that could appreciate him than Tony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds funny. Yeah. Uh, but those I really, really appreciate and. Um, I consider them like very uh, important, like role models for me in a sense, I guess, or coaches or gurus or whatever. Um, yeah. How about you? Well, I don't actually really follow Tony Robbins anymore. Um, I on and off I follow Gary Vaynerchuk just because mm -hmm. I I, like I think well. he's really fun and I really. Like when you follow Gary Vaynerchuk for a long time, uh, and I have actually 
uh, because it was since I started the company, and so it's like six or seven years on and off. I, I think, think I got him. to know him through you, actually. Like I, I found <laughs> him through maybe you sharing or something one of his videos. Might be true. Um, I'm a big fan of him, and I think that when you really get under his skin, like when you start to see the whole picture of everything that he is uh, standing for, I think that he is he is pushing some of the right things. I also think that Gary Vaynerchuk has some clear flaws. Um, I think, though, that he is aware of that himself. He has mentioned Mm -hmm. it several times, uh, like how he can be too competitive sometimes and stuff like that. But uh, the thing that I actually really like about him is that fact that he is not judging himself. He -hmm. knows that I've got this thing. I might be a little bit too competitive sometimes. But that's who I am. And uh, I'm just going to try and get the best out of it, right? So he's not, he acknowledges it, but he's not judging himself on that and saying like, that means that I'm a bad person. I need to work on that and make that better. Um, So that's one guy. Yeah, that I follow on and off. Then Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory. I really like him. I like those two because I feel like they, first of all, they know how to build a business because they have actually built a business before they started talking about how to build a business. And that's kind of, that's very important to me. Like I never listen to those where you like, you can't really find out what they have been doing before they were a motivational speaker or a coach. Like, and um uh, and they also like they kind of just copy the messaging that you've heard a thousand yeah. times and just repackage uh-huh. it. There's a lot of that shit going on. Um, and I th- I I've become good at separating that. I think so. I mainly follow those two guys if if I do anything, and then I mainly listen to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast if there's anyone interesting that i want to hear uh, thoughts from on there i had a period with jordan peterson i do like him i I do do like like him as well i don't agree with everything he says but i i definitely like him i really like him as well but i had this period where i just have you seen his biblical series he's Uh, he's made a series of um speeches or seminars i guess where he goes through the Bible and it's these like two hour, three hour long speeches where he just picks apart the Bible and he tries to, he has this very interesting theory that what they actually try to do with the Bible, like he says, it's been misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. It's not really about uh, something metaphysical and mystical. What they're really trying to do is to talk about the concept of existence and consciousness and how to deal with that, how to deal with existing and being conscious of your own existence in a world where there's no meaning. Uh, And he has this very interesting series of videos where he goes very detailed through all of this. And I just went into that rabbit hole. 
so deep for a period of time and then i came out on the other side and i kind of uh, let like uh, left him it, for some time and but um but him but i appreciated the videos i really appreciated them especially i think because i come from a very christian family and i was mm. never a christian myself and my parents have kind of broken out of that at some point and mm. so that has been a thing when i was growing up like i have a, a relationship with religion and i went to church every sunday until i was nine years old and all of that stuff so okay. to me growing up the bible has always been this bunch of bullshit that people believed that made no sense but i've always been i've always been struggling with because i know really smart people like people that i think are close to like genius level smart that believe in god mm. and so i've been really struggling with that all my life i think how like what do they get out of it and in some way jordan peterson in those lectures were able to explain to me what people get out of believing in god uh, and it just it made i could like lay that to rest that thing that i've had for so long in my head like this, i can't get it to fit it it just suddenly fit because he said it's not really about that it's about how you deal with the experience of being a conscious human and existing in the world and that we don't know anything about anything and like how do you deal with that in your everyday life and that is really why they and he has like like i said it's a lot of hours so that's it's a lot it's a lot more complicated than that but uh, it just it made it make sense for me and i really appreciated him doing that uh just personally interesting so where are you standing now in terms of the believing in god i'm i'm still not believing in god but i'm Actually, for some time before Jordan Peterson, I think maybe that was also kind of why I was ready again for him to uh -huh. tell me that. I yeah. had been kind of, for the longest time, I had been thinking, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Uh, and as I've become older and experienced more and more things, I've kind of started to think, well, it's not that I believe that there is a God, but I think that atheism is just as much a religion because in like basically you can't know if you're truthfully like if you're being completely honest you cannot know whether there is or not and so saying that there isn't is a belief that you have it's not a fact it's it's not like you can't prove it just like you can't prove that there is a god so atheism for me just became this like this is not any better i'm just claiming this thing that i have no proof of but really i don't know and that's my position now i don't know mm. i don't believe that god is whatever the bible says he is or whatever the quran says he is or like all of these human stories uh, and I don't believe that there is a, like a, a person or like, but I'm, I just, what the only thing that I know is that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how anything came to be. 
and I don't know what happens if we die. And that's the human condition. We don't know, and we probably never will know. And that's just, that's just how it is. And that's how I kind of think of it now. Instead of trying to give myself certainty about the fact that there isn't a God, I just acknowledge that I don't know. Mm. But I, I definitely don't believe that any humans got it right and wrote it down. I don't believe that. But uh, I'm open to the possibility of a lot of stuff. Um, multiple yeah, universe and uh, all of that shit, right? We, we, we don't know. We know so fucking little about the universe. We really don't know shit about anything. So I don't think that I can say that there isn't anything that's my stance on it <laughs> it's good yeah yeah it feels good i i uh, like i said with the meditation and accepting and not judging and all of that i'm really starting to come to terms with uh with not knowing and not being certain about stuff and just like being in this experience that life basically is. But in terms of self-development, I think I've I've come to a point where I know kind of that is not the answer. It's good to learn. Like if there's something that you need to learn, um, I think that is a good thing. And there's some of these people like Tom Bilyeu, for example, or uh, Joe Rogan, for that matter, like people who go out and search for knowledge and bring it to you. Mm. Um, I like that. Like people who interview other people, like Tom Bilyeu does in his interviews, and like he interviews doctors and dietitians and financial experts. I just watched the whole thing on crypto on his channel because I'm starting to look a little bit into cryptocurrencies. Mm. And so I, th I use it for that, like for learning, uh, just like you would read a, like I don't listen to motivational spe speeches anymore. Like I don't listen to those YouTube videos mm -hmm. with the nice song underneath and you see an athlete that is running or something. And it's just <laughs> like, like this, the same five speeches cut into this video. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> listen to that anymore. <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Yeah. I forgot about those. I did that a lot at one point and I, th I, I felt like it helped me, but now I kind of think that when I look back, I don't know if it really helped me or if it just made me continue to push on something that I shouldn't really be pushing myself towards, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can kind of, if, if you're in a process of building something and something feels wrong, and you're starting having these feelings of something might be wrong. And your fix is to listen to some of this and just have someone tell you, you just got to believe it, man. You got to go get it every day. <laughs> you know, don't listen to the doubt. Um, that's kind of, that can be counterproductive. I think if you're not really feeling yourself and feeling like, why does it feel wrong? why what what is it that is wrong well like that might be something very interesting for you to go into that can help you in your further development 
And I think some of that stuff is just, you can use it to numb yourself, to not feel when things feel wrong or feel bad. And that's definitely something that I'm trying to avoid now. I'm trying to really feel everything and um, really feel the pain when it's there and go into why is it there? Uh, what is this? Uh, what, what should I, how should I deal with this? Instead of just like pumping myself up on uh, motivational speeches and just keep keep grinding, man. Keep grinding, keep hustling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll get there. Yeah, and it's also you talked about this as one of your in one of your videos that I saw about this um, focusing too much on your goals and not yeah. being in the moment. I remember the video, but I can't remember the the point I was trying to get across. You know? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to repeat what you said in the video. It was just like I just remember that that was one of the things you talked about, and and that is some something that I have um, mm. realized that when we started the company, um, we had yeah. this goal of becoming like insanely rich off of this company, right? And that was the only thing that we thought about was just the end goal. We just need to get to that. We don't care how. We we care a little bit how. But, you know, it, basically we were just like trying to figure out what do we need to do to get to this end goal. Um, and using all of this motivational material and personal development and... Um, it just, it doesn't really tell you anything about who you are. And it doesn't make you evaluate if this path that you're on is right for exactly you. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of that stuff is true. Like it's, it's true that you have to believe that you can do it. And it's true that you have to work hard and all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. it just has to build upon an understanding of who you are and what you want. And if you don't have that understanding, just going in and grinding for something that is at the end of this long grind that you start, yeah. it's just, it can be very hurtful, uh, yeah. I think. And what if your goals change throughout the, the journey yeah. as you go on with like, I, I often thought about like, what if I would have started becoming a coach in that industry and try to help guys pick up girls and, uh, and God forbid, I would get good at it and get like traction with a lot of clients. I probably wouldn't change them. I probably wouldn't try to go in a different direction because I was getting successful uh, with what I established would be my dream. And then like that would be hard to get out of if I got good at it as well. And I got people engaging me and paying me and stuff that would be hard to get out of. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, it's actually in that sense, it's probably quite lucky that I, I didn't follow through initially on that. Uh, even though at that time I might have thought that I should have. Yeah. But from the perspective I have now, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's good that I kept questioning a little bit more before I decided what to do it's funny how um i just realized that now but when you stopped working for us and you started 
like right before that ha- i don't know if that actually has anything to do with it but you went to that meditation mm-hmm. and you did that right before you stopped working for that coach as yeah, well. yeah 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 <laughs> but i don't remember i i would say i don't remember the first meditation if i had any like breakthroughs no. of i should do this or i should do no but i do remember having so much fear about the meditation itself and about the like in the meditation they talked about like not eat like not doing anything that were bad including like not killing beings which passively by eating meat you would be contributing to killing beings yeah and so i remember having so much fear about wow what if i don't eat meat like how would i enjoy life <laughs> and and then like fast forward three months and i st- and when i started traveling with them i went like full vegan for like 10 months or something like that yeah and it, it, you know it was just funny to me how how much fear i had attached to that yeah uh, was, yeah that's the funny thing about doing stuff like that i think is that you you realize that some things that you thought were minor things you feel really attached to or you have really strong feelings about like why yeah. why why be afraid of not eating meat like uh, but there's something like and it's those and I, weird things that you realize and i will say also that if i had stopped at that time like let's say right after the meditation because they preached let's say preach i don't think that would be a suitable word but that eating meat was bad and so my interpretation was okay eating meat is really bad i felt that in that moment i felt immense amount of guilt and shame or or guilt i would say around the fact that i was still eating meat Mm. Um, and I went to talk with the teacher and she said, ah, don't worry, you can still eat meat if, if you want to. You're not killing an animal. You're just eating an animal that's already killed. So it's okay, according to the law of, um, yeah. So anyway, so if I had done it back then, I had made the commitment to not eat meat. I would not have done it for the right reason because I would have done it out of guilt of over the fact that I was eating meat. Um, and the whole experience of not eating meat would have been completely different. Yeah. I would have suffered every time that I was not eating meat every day, every meal, I would probably have thought about the fact that I was missing meat and, and, uh, how much uh, I was better than everyone probably for not eating it as well. And all of these things. Yeah. And, uh, by, by the time I made the decision, luckily I made it because I just felt like, oh, this feels like it's better for me at that point in time. And it might change again in the future, but um, the basis of the decision was my own and the intention behind it was completely different. Yeah. And as a result, the, the experience of that decision and what it led to was completely different. Yeah. I think it's really important to have introspection like that. Uh, to kind of have those moments where you listen to yourself yeah and kind of try and like get a f- uh, get a grip on your feelings and why you're feeling what you're feeling and and so on i think yeah. that is that is one of the most important things to do i think and that's a, at least agree. in my young life that is like so far one of the things that i can see clearly that it's it benefits me a lot is really listening to myself and yeah. and just trying to figure out how i 
I express myself mm-hmm. so that I'm not expressing other people's expectations of me or uh, these bullshit things that my ego wants me to do or to get mm. but just like what yeah. feels what feels good yeah um, that's being actually able all... to differentiate those yeah it's like, hard it's, it's hard yeah yeah it's really and it takes a lot of time where you have that introspection i think to kind of separate out um and also trying to that's also that's kind of the thing that i mean when i say trusting process is that i've been through this whole process of chasing being insanely rich and i've also earned some money and i'm in a place now where we actually have that company that kind of runs itself and it's Mm -hmm. really awesome actually to be in this position i'm really privileged like uh, other like i wake up i'm at home i have no boss i control completely when i work uh and i can do this also uh, that's extremely extremely privileged so it's it's gotten me a lot of good stuff and a, another thing that has also gotten me is that realization that that is not actually what i want out of life mm. it's like i i don't really care to have 100 million kroners for example yes yeah. i care about other stuff like i could find things to use 100 million kroners for really quickly uh but that's because there are things that i want to do and that's actually the thing that i want and not 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 the money or the um prestige or or that's the ego that's that's like that wants to be admired by other people and stuff like that and um yeah, I think that's that's an important realization that I've done recently. And it comes from taking time to actually be introspective. And uh, I think that's 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 very important, especially if you listen to all kinds of outside sources. Uh, you really need to make sure to listen to yourself as well. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So what is your stance right now as you've gone through this whole thing and you are at the place where you are right now? Like, how do you view, do you still want to be a coach? Uh, And how do you view the whole self-help industry as it is today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) To answer the first one, yeah, I would say, well, I would say since COVID hit more of this, I've been in a weird place where I'm questioning a lot of things, which is quite uncomfortable. Um, but I don't know that if it's bad to do. Like, um, I remember when I was younger, I would be in these places of complete uncertainty about a lot of things, like what is okay, what's not okay, like morally incorrect, morally correct, and so on. And I'd have all these questions in my head that I couldn't find the answer to. And I think the fact that they were there and the fact that I was kept having those questions, it made me reflect a lot more and eventually make decisions that were that much better. So I'm not sure it's a bad place I'm in right now, but it's uncomfortable in the sense that I'm not 
100% certain about the next 10 years, let's say. Yeah. Um, but I also, at the same time, would say that in terms of my own growth, I'm in a place that's the best I've ever been, I would say. Yeah. Uh, although there's may- maybe not as much exciting things attached to that in terms of I have this goal to make a million dollars or I have this goal to sleep with a hundred girls or whatever, you know, <laughs> like these superficial att- attachments that would excite me a lot before. I don't really have them as much now, which no. is a little bit scary because then it's like, well, what do I want then? Um, in terms of the self-help development, I would say that I think it is serving a purpose in that uh, some people do need it. Like, for example, I think your description of how you went about it was so amazing. You found this book and and it suddenly gave you the tools that you had been searching for. And now you actually had the tools to make a change that completely drastically changed your life for the better. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't made that change. And the same would apply for me. Um, so I do think it's serving its purpose. Uh, like, <laughs> it's funny because my mom was always quite spiritual. She was vegetarian since I was born all of these things and i used to hate every single aspect of what that would involve yeah like i thought that everything that she like cared about was a little bit stupid i hated when she would buy organic stuff because i just wanted the non-organic uh <laughs> i hated the fact that she told me that milk was bad for me and i completely disagreed at the time and i tried to drink as much milk as i could and now somehow i somehow made like a full circle of going into trying to sleep with women which she like was disgusted by at first so then now that led me to something else that led me eventually to agreeing with her on so many things that i'm a little bit shocked by it yeah um and so i do think that the self-help industry is is serving in initiating people maybe for reasons that won't last forever maybe they'll change as a result but it can be that initiated initiation for them um to leave uh to live a, a better life eventually so um if their life is a little bit better by a result of that, then I think that's amazing. Um, But I do imagine that the future will be different. And I, I do imagine more wholesome, I would say concepts will, uh, or already are coming through and already are sort of taking its place slowly. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I, I definitely think that it's a good thing to go into almost no matter what happens i think for some people it can be a really bad idea if they just don't learn from their mistakes right if like because even if you go into some bullshitters online course on how you can create passive income and live off a beach in mexico and not do shit and it's just total horse shit what they're selling you in in a course and you go into that maybe at least you learn that that's not a real thing. That's a dream that people are selling you. And then you're better off after having made that mistake. For some people, if you don't learn from that and you keep taking the same stupid fucking course from different people, like there must be a magic formula to not work and make a lot of money at the same time, right? Um, Then I think it can definitely be bad. But... um, yeah, but, true. I I think you hit it when you said like the introspection, like self reflection and stuff like that to be able to 
uh, know yourself and know your motivations and yeah. reflect on whether or not it's good for you, then yeah, if you have that, you like, be fine. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, 100%. me too. Even something like the secret, secret is something I've debated with a lot of people because that is like reading it. <laughs> I haven't read it actually. I only watched the movie um, or the documentary. I think they how was that marketed as? It was fine. It was just like all of these like Oprahs in it and all of these like rich people uh, just talking about you know that if you just visualize things in your head, they can manifest themselves in real mm-hmm. life, and it's complete bullshit. But and but still. I think that's what I've been debating with some people that they're like, oh, that's just such bullshit. And I'm like, yes, basically it is because they're telling you that by thinking about things, you can manifest them into reality. And that is clearly not true, but that can be your first step. Like just the fact that they're telling you, maybe if you shifted your mindset, and shifted your thinking and started focusing on the things that you want instead of all of the things that you don't want that are maybe happening to you in life, then maybe you have a better chance of actually discovering something or like, that's the thing. It's it's like 90% lies and then 10% of it is true, which is that you have that system in your brain called the reticular activation system, I think it's called, that controls yeah. what you focus on. And it, you can really change your focus so that you notice different things if you focus on what you want and all that stuff. But it's not like going to magically appear in your life. It's, it's like you can maybe discover opportunities more easily if you, if you consume yourself with... Um, what it is that you want out of life. Mm-hmm. I think that is true. Yeah. And that is, but that the secret is something that is just like, it's the worst kind of self-development thing. It's just like, I, I'm not, I would say I'm not convinced that it's, it, that that particular is bad. And I would say I'm open for um, the, the possibilities of, of the different ways it could work in. Mm-hmm. to put it vaguely i guess <laughs> like like how like uh because because i know there's like there's real stuff that you have scientific proof of like uh-huh. if you practice visualizing possible outcome like positive outcomes of things that uh-huh. m- that trains your brain to automatically think about positive outcomes when you think about things and that makes you more optimistic and that means that there's a bigger chance that you can actually do those things and achieve yeah so there's some science in it but how do you like well i guess my uh i i don't think we would see eye to eye on the on this subject but but that's okay i i I won't judge i (laughs) i would say definitely there is that and i think that's the most I guess the most close that you could, like if you would take the spiritual uh, perspective and say law of attraction mm-hmm. and then like science where that would be where they would probably meet each other would be like, okay, 
you get inspired by your vision because you're visualizing it. And then that inspiration gives you some sort of energy so that you can actually have confidence in the in going for the things that you believe in. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's the most like scientific uh, argument that you can make in that regard. I th- the other one would be in terms of like um, like vibrations and mm-hmm. the idea that the universe is reacting to how you're vibrating. Um, I'm not opposed to that. And I would say I'm not opposed to that neither. I'm not as convinced of that. Well, I would say I'm pretty convinced of that actually in some ways, but not in the way where I would say I fully understand it yet, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's I definitely think something I'm sense. curious about. And for that reason, I um, one teaching that I heard through like a specific meditation teaching was to... Um, visualize things to the point where you could feel them and then feel them as if they are already happening. And, you know, in the sense of, again, talking about that, 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 that brings you a certain level of confidence in achieving those things because you're already feeling as you would feel if they were already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the feelings that I've had and experienced doing that would definitely change my experience. And, and then, for example, to be, give a very practical example, if I would be in a relationship with someone and I have the experience of losing her and I've tried that in a relationship and objectively seeing how I was behaving at that time in the relationship would be absolutely horrible. And even if it was a girl I was dating, we weren't in a relationship yet, ended in me losing that girl eventually through one way or another. Uh, potentially as a reaction to me being in that bad state and then behaving in a certain way that I wouldn't behave if I was in a good place energetically or emotionally or whatever you want to call that Mm. Um, versus when I'm in a place where I feel amazing inside and I feel comfortable or confident in let's say my abilities to to meet a girl or something like that And then the, the the difference in the reaction, like let's say from the girl, but also the reaction and what and how it develops and all of that. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I practice at the moment. So, uh, and I wouldn't say that I have like a full, complete confidence and understanding of like the law of attraction or vibrations no. or anything of that nature. It's not something that interests me at the moment, like a lot, because my spiritual interest is more in being able to let go of the attachment to achieving anything. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit conflicting with the fact that I do want to achieve some things, and I would rather have them being achieved and then let go of my attachment after I achieve them. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, that's, so that's great. That's a fun little. Yeah. Uh, ironic situation there yeah um yeah yeah <laughs> but i i uh, as i said i'm not opposed to the idea of us vibrating and the universe reacting to that like i said i i really firmly try to tell myself that you don't know like you don't know how mm-hmm. the universe works and uh when i'm meditating and stuff like that one of the things that i'm also very interested in is 
getting that feeling of uh, being one, oneness with yeah. the universe. Uh, because logically, I can understand how technically that's true, that we are part of, like it's all the same particles that just have arranged in different patterns. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, so it's all the same. It's the same soup of particles. Uh, so I get that logically. And so I think it's very interesting this, you know, um, uh, this, this, um, I don't want to call it a theory because not one person's specific theory, but like this whole um, world of exploring how is that connection actually? Like if, if we truly are one, all of us and the earth and the universe and everything is all the same thing, then are we connected in more ways than we think we are? And how does the universe react to what yeah. we're thinking and all of that stuff? I think it's really interesting. That's actually one of the reasons why I'm very interested in having a psychedelic experience, for example. I haven't yeah. had one, but I'm very interested in, it, in, in doing it at some point because uh, the people who have are talking about this uh, ego dissolution that you feel yourself disappearing and you feel yourself being a part of everything um yeah and i think that is truly interesting because uh, when they then come back they kind of they talk about uh how they didn't feel like they were um just affected by some drug they felt like they got access to something that they didn't have access to before some vibrations or some level of awareness that just was not accessible to them otherwise and you can see uh, if you look at it with the eyes of science you can definitely see that there's communication between centers of the brain that there wasn't communication between before like that's Ah, it's one of the things that that something like uh, mushrooms or lsd does is that it, it lets your brain communicate across uh, other uh, centers than normally so that's why you can for example see sound it, it it like when you hear it it kind of manifests itself in patterns and colors that's because mm-hmm. those two centers of the brain are now connected and speaking to each other and so there is this kind of underlying theory theory that maybe you're getting to actually experience another dimension of existence that you just are not able to experience because of the limits of how your brain is working. But if your brain was working differently, then you would be able to experience those things. And so it's not yeah. a it's not a synthetic thing. It's not it's it's something that is actually there. You're just not able to access it without these. Uh, drugs basically that you then put into yourself right but so all of that was just to say that i'm not opposed to the idea of the law of attraction or the things that you think or feel vibrating out into the universe and something happening um but i like science (laughs) and and for me 
Uh, we can talk more about this another time as well. Yeah. I, I, I've done some psychedelics. I'll probably soon do some more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I want to try LSD, which I haven't tried yet. And I did hear from a friend. He said that when he came back from it, uh, he had to re like relearn uh, that this is me and this is a different person. Yeah. Like it was a surprise or not a surprise, but uh, it was like a new thing for him that, ah, oh, we're separate entities yeah um but i will say that one of the things that i think was huge for my um for changes in my spiritual belief was actually seeing documentaries about um uh quantum physics yeah and uh i i watched it it's funny because i watched it there's there's two danish ones that i think are really good and my dad was part of uh recording them actually Oh. Uh, and I watched the first one when I was like seventh grade in school and I was sleeping and my About friend woke quantum me up and said, physics. Yeah. Wow. My friend, he, he woke me up and he said, nothing more. I think your dad was in the, the movie or something. I'm like, Oh, what? Um, <laughs> and then I rewatched it later and I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the name of one of the experiments is, but there is one experiment where they take futons mm-hmm. and, uh, I can't remember the word for it, even photons and they uh, make them pass through each other mm-hmm. and they see after they pass through each other, they're reacting to each other. Yeah. So if they change one of them, the other instantly changes. And they did in, I think in the Canary islands, they moved them across, I think it was 26 kilometers uh, while maintaining the state that they have after passing through each other. And they could measure that when they observed one of them, the other one instantly reacted to uh, the first one being observed so that they could see there was a, without any delay, uh, reaction, uh, across 26 kilometers instantly. Yeah. So faster than the speed of light, um, which I found was to be super, super fascinating. Um, and that sort of, that started opening my mind up to the fact that in science, there's a lot that we don't understand yet. Yeah. And that in quantum physics, it's breaking certain, like, uh, laws of physics that we thought existed in the world that doesn't really apply to quantum physics. Yeah. And then I think that led me to the idea that our consciousness, let's say, or place in our mind. And so our experience is limited to the possibilities of our mind. Yeah. And so if we can't move past that, we cannot experience past that. And we don't know what is past that because everything we are experiencing is in our mind. So we can't even think about an object that could be from a different dimension because if different laws would apply to that object and it wouldn't be from this world that our mind can experience, then we wouldn't even be able to imagine it. Like there's just no way we could do it physically impossible with our minds. And I think that was, that that, that was super interesting when I started thinking about that, that was like, Oh yeah. Mind trip. (laughs) <laughs> it is really a mind trip. I tried also to get a grip on quantum physics at one point. Yeah, and, it's so uh, interesting. It's really interesting and it's really mind-boggling. Uh, yeah. And like you say, it kind of breaks some of the assumptions that the traditional normal science that we have learned always uh, has. You, ca- you yeah. kind of realize that everything is not 
as simple and either or it can be both or it can be nothing and it's it's just things can pop in and out of existence and it's really fucking weird and so so again uh that's that is one of the reasons why at the end i think the best position to take is just that we don't really know shit but, but yeah. we can experience uh and then that's interesting i think and that's kind yeah. of also one of like the only thing that we can do is if we can experience stuff that's happening mm-hmm. um and um i really like doing that <laughs> i really like experiencing stuff so um yeah But uh, I think that we should definitely have an, uh, a talk about that at some point. I'm super um, interested in it. I have, yeah, I had some interesting experiences. Well, I, yeah. On what? DMT I, I went or to, mushrooms or I would ayahuasca? Like to try DMT one time. I did yeah. ayahuasca and I did mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, and mushrooms was just a pleasant experience. Ayahuasca was a very intense experience. I did four times uh, in Peru. Wow. Um, yeah. I remember because when I was working with you guys, I remember I was talking with Christian about it. And uh, I just remember he said, yeah, if we do it after we get successful, then we'll go to the jungle yeah. and we'll go crazy and we'll do all this shit and we'll puke and yeah, shit ourselves and all this stuff. That's really actually indicative of the mindset that we had at that point that I'm talking about. Like, we'll do yeah. everything. We'll live our lives after we get successful. That's, that's when yeah. we'll experience stuff. Uh, until then we'll just grind yeah yeah, yeah. but what yeah. do you remember what you experienced or yeah i would say but i would say it's a long uh story, story because there's a lot that goes to it yeah uh, i would say yes i did experience something out of this world i would say mm-hmm. but i didn't experience being one with everything no yet um no uh but i know yeah, I've heard stories of a lot of people that had that. Um, yeah, but it's interesting in every experience. And I did experience what you said that you could see sound, which was like, uh, it was crazy. Like the sound lit up the entire room inside my mind somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing. Very, very beautiful. It sounds, it sounds great. Yeah, and the, and if, if you would hear the music that they played, it's like, like, if you're sober and you haven't done it, it's probably the worst music you could imagine. Like it, it sounds like an old lady screaming literally, and there were four different people screaming different songs at the same time. Oh, great! Uh, yeah, yeah, something else. We definitely need to uh, to have another talk about and talk about those at length. And I heard that uh, different people experience uh, sounds in the same like they see the same stuff with the same sounds when they're on ayahuasca for example and that was very interesting because it kind of indicates that there is some like language inside of us yeah. that reacts with sound that sound has a kind of a visual side to it that again we just can't access normally but it's there and it's actually the same uh for all of us that was 
I don't remember where I heard that. I think it was, do you know who Terence McKenna is? Yeah, I know that there's a mushroom type named after him. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's talking a lot about psychedelic experiences and stuff like that. that was, I think it was one of his videos or so. Just, I need to look that. into him, actually. I haven't read any of his stuff. He's or incredibly stuff. spacey to listen to. And sometimes, nice. for me at least, it could get, become a little bit too much. Maybe also because I have no experience with psychedelics experiences yet. So it kind of becomes a little bit too spacey, I think, for me. Yeah. Um, but maybe if I had the experience, I would actually better understand what he's talking about. Because one of the things that he also says is that it's like you cannot explain it. It is you have to experience it. It's not yeah. like you cannot you can't get what it is unless you experience it yourself. So yeah, yeah, we need to definitely talk about that some other time. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you are up for it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Should we say this is it for this one then? Yeah, I think so. I think also it's uh, half past 10. But you, you probably want to nice. eat as well. I want to eat now. After <laughs> yeah. I'm becoming too Spanish. Yeah. Being late as well for things. But this was really great. It was uh, interesting to have this because now we've had different talks and uh also it's been a while since i spoke with you like yeah. two years probably yeah um and in a different setup in english yeah uh, so it's been super interesting yeah i think so too i was actually a bit afraid when we went into it that because we haven't spoken in such a long time that there would be so much that we wanted to talk about that it would just <laughs> like be too cramped that we like right, so I, the... yeah i tried to prepare myself to like you can't talk to valdemar about everything in this one interview or like this one talk so uh -huh. just see where the conversation goes and not again try to not think too much about what you want out of it what you want to talk about when you go into it but just like see where it flows and i think it was it was a nice conversation so uh i would definitely do it again and yeah, talk more about psychedelic experiences or a meditation or uh, anything else that we yeah, want to talk about that comes up yeah i'm super down for it yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really happy i was thinking when you messaged me i was like should i do this and then i was like i've been wanting to get more into talks like this so it's the perfect like perfect opportunity and i haven't talked with you in ages yeah and i would like to so it's like a perfect uh come together yeah, and hopefully the people that listen to it get something out of it as well. But if not, then at least we we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, great. Should we uh, talk later then about when we're going to do it again? Yeah, let's do that. And uh, until then, you just uh, take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. Enjoy life and enjoy having a two-year-old daughter now. Two, she's yeah. two years old, right? That's a trip, yeah. She, oh, she's two years old next month. Okay, so uh, we can talk about becoming yeah, a parent. Actually, I'm super another... curious about that because that's a, that's a, yeah, I can't imagine. So I'm super curious about that to get yeah. more details and, and hear how that is. I can talk about that 
for hours, I think. Yeah, <laughs> we can Perfect. do that. Okay, but uh, you take care. And uh, yeah, you we'll, too. We'll, Thank you. We'll talk.